0: Yesterday we um, began this discourse. It's not the same discourse that you may be familiar with, Mahal Mordechai uh, on the Haftarah. It does quote the Maimre the Rebbe, which is the same Maimre the other Maimre Rebbe is based on from this Haftarah. And we learned so far um, was incredible introduction to um, to exploring anything on Tera really. The Rebbe basically says that just like there is a law that a Torah is only kosher if every letter is there, so too in yourself, if there's a part of Torah which doesn't exist by you, that you feel it's not relevant anymore, so the Torah which is in you is is possible. Of course, the Talmud says that if you're standing next to a person who passes away, you have to do Kriya because every Jew is like a Sefer Torah. But there's some layer of consciousness where there is also meant to be a Torah, and if you don't feel the Torah is relevant to you, any part of Torah, and even the Oral Torah, if you feel it's not it's not a message from God for you, then has to show that your Torah is missing something. So, David mentions this in context of telling us we should pay attention to the Haftarah. Um, and so what does it say in the Haftarah? It says a one woman cries to Elisha, and she says to Elisha, your servant, my husband, has died, and the creditor is coming to take away my two children as, as slaves. So we learned that the uh, meaning of the words um, woman is... The soul, and she's called one woman because her soul is one with God. And the uh, soul cries to Elisha. The Altrib says, analogy, the Altrib says, just like a person walks in, in to speak to him privately to free Yachidis, and then he cries about his distance from Hashem, so to every night when the when you go to sleep, your Neshama goes to Hashem and it cries to Hashem. And that's what the word Elisha means. The word Sha means to turn. And Elisha means my God turns to me. So I turn to God every night, my soul turns to God when I go to sleep, and it cries bitterly about the fact that it's distant from Hashem. That's the meaning of the words, my husband has died. The word husband is made up of two parts, Yud, the fire of Yud, and we explain that Ashud means the yearning that I have to be in the place of Yud. What's Yud? Yud is Yud is that zone where it's revealed there's nothing besides Hashem. So every one of us has this yearning. So, She says, and Hashem says to Hashem, I don't have it anymore. I used to. Not only don't I have it, but the creditor is coming to take away my two children, the slaves. What's the meaning of the creditor? The creditor means the animal soul. The animal soul is called the creditor because the word creditor is the same root as the word forget. Like menasha means to forget, noisha means to forget. So the animal soul is called the one who makes me forget about Hashem. And not only does the animal soul make me forget about Hashem, but the animal soul comes to take my two children as slaves. What are the two children? The two children in Kabbalah, that uh, Chochmah and Bina, the power of understanding and the power to, to, of intellect, are the father and mother that give birth to the children, the emotions. So my children are being threatened by the animal soul. So instead of me loving Hashem and, and having reverence for Hashem, those same feelings are now being uh, directed towards loving strange things and being afraid of uh, anxiety about maybe I won't have enough bread, not enough money, etc. That's the, what the animal soul c- tries to do. So, what does Elisha respond to the woman? We're now in the, in the middle of his base. And Elisha says to her, What do you have left at home? And she tells Elisha, All I have is a cruise of oil. Pirush, what that means is, She says, all I have is the very essence of my neshama. So he he responds to her, and he says to her, go borrow empty vessels. This is what the head of the yeshiva in says, that if there is a body that the light of the neshama doesn't shine into, you should do something similar to what you would do with a log if a if fire couldn't catch onto a log. What do you do if there is a lo- the log is too large for a fire to, to catch? You break the log into little splinters, into, into, into little pieces. So too, if your body is not a receptacle for the neshama, you have to break it. And then the neshama can shine into it. And that's the meaning of the empty vessels. Empty vessels means to, be in, to feel how empty you are that's the meaning of when he tells her you should have, don't have only a little bit of empty vessels get, it, get as many empty vessels as you can what he was saying to her was you have to think a lot how empty you are how you have no intelligence in your mind, you have no reverence and no love for Hashem and, you, and by thinking about this this will trigger feelings of bitterness of how far you are, because you're so far from Hashem, will cry to Hashem because of your distance. And that feeling of distance will produce a much greater light, as there's a greater light that comes in the darkness. Because you feel you're so distant, and you and you meditate about how distant, how distant you are, that will bring this great feeling of bitterness, and that will bring a much greater light. Why a much greater light? Because the absolute, truth is, the absolute truth is that there is a greater light specifically when it comes from the darkness. <inaudible> Elisha tells the woman further, you and your children will live with what is left over from the oil. So what does this mean spiritually? <inaudible> when he says to her you, he's referring to the essence of her soul. The God says to the essence of the soul and God says, you, you, the essence of the soul, and your children, which again, children mean the love and reverence of every neshama, tich you will live with what, with what is left over. But the word left over is related to the word uh, advantage. You and your children will live with the extra advantage, the extra light that comes specifically from the darkness. That's, that's what Elisha says to her. She says to her, you should think about how distant you are, and be bitter about it, and that will have trigger feelings of great urine to Asha. That's the simple meaning, uh, so that's a deeper meaning of, um, of Alicia's words to the woman. I just want to uh, mention that the Rebbe says that in our time, thinking about how distant and, how, uh, and being bitter uh, could actually paralyze us because we have a much weaker um, psychological makeup than generations before. So uh, it, this doesn't always work well. I uh, have to be realize if this is paralyzing you or not. Another translation of this same verse that the Rebbe mentions, which of course is relevant to no matter how weak you are spiritually, is that empty vessels means mitzvahs. And when, when a mitzvah is done without any feeling, it's it's empty. So you might think, like, why should I put one foot in front of the other? Why should I put it on the film? Why should I say it's all empty? So Teresa says, Elisha tells the woman, poor the essence of your pour from your oil into the empty vessels. Realize that every mitzvah connects you to Hashem, and therefore just do the mitzvahs, and this will fill your emptiness. Your the essence of your has sufficient uh, reservoir of spirituality to irrigate to to replenish whatever is empty in your life. In other words, you dis, you think about the essence of your Think about your clo- about who you are, and with that feeling of I can't separate myself from Hashem, with that feeling that comes from the essence of Hashem, that you're ready to die rather than sever that bond with Hashem, that feeling will inspire your day-to-day. And not only will you do the day-to-day, but the empty vessels will be full of light, will be full of oil, not just have light, but again, there's a greater light when it comes to the darkness. Okay, now, continuing to to Gimel. We can now explain the connection between the beginning of the Haftorah and the beginning of this week's Torah portion, where God appears to by first prefacing the following. In, in the simple meaning of things, the relationship between the Haftorah and this week's Parsha is because in the Haftorah it talks about the child of the Shunamis. And how Elisha promised her that next year you'll have a child. And then he also, not just, not just uh, caused her to have a child through his blessing, but he also resurrected the child. So it's similar to the story of Yitzchak, where the angel informs Sarah that you'll have a child. And also, not just that she'll have a child, but further, it says that when Yitzchak was born, Avra made a big party. And at this party, Oig was at the party. And Oig, and others, other big big shots in that time were there, and they and, and they they said they're able to kill this little child with their finger. Oig says, "Why we can party for this child? I could kill him with my finger." That means it wasn't something, um, and it wasn't something that could possibly last. So God says, so God says to Oig. Why are you disgracing this child on the contrary? The, your end will be in the hands of this child. So another, another connection between um, the idea of Elisha making sure that this child stays alive and the Parsha is that the Parsha talks about Yitzhak being offered as a sacrifice, and yet Yitzhak survives. So it's similar to the Haftarah where Elisha makes sure that the Shunamis' child is alive. So according to this, only the story about the Shunamis' child has a relevance to the Parsha. So the Haftarah should have begun with the story of, of the resurrection of the child. Or, or the, um, especially because a Haftarah um, needs to have 21 verses. And this is one of the longest Haftarah. So we could have started much further on in the story where the child is born and the, the, the promises are fulfilled and then he resurrects the child. Why does it begin with, this, with the earlier part about the oil? So that we can explain this based upon this discourse of the Alter Rebbe that there's a connection specifically with the story of God appearing to Avraham and the, uh, the oil of the story of Elisha. The explanation of this is as follows says in the beginning of parshas vayira that god appears to avram and this is a continuation to the story of Lecha. in the story of Lecha, god tells avram to circumcise himself and he does and therefore parshas vayira continues and god visits avram after he is now sick because he is circumcised and it's a new parsha, which shows it's a new thing because Although it's a, it's a continuation, Avram circumcises himself, and now God appears to him, it seems like a, it's, a, it's a follow-up in the same story, but this is called a new partial. Why is it a new partial? Because the end of Parashas Lachachah says that Avram and Yishmael and all of his family were all circumcised. That means they all were circumcised together. But in Parashas Ve'ira, there's something unique about the relationship between God and the Jewish people. What does it say in this Parashas Veira? It doesn't say God appeared to everybody, to Yishmael and to the whole family. It says, God only appeared to Avram. God appears to Avram. This is similar to Meshe Rabbeinu, asked Hashem, Meshe Rabbeinu said that there should be a unique relationship between God and the Jewish people. That uh, This is when God was telling Meshe Rabbeinu that he wants to send an angel to lead the Jewish people instead of himself. A says Rabbeinu says, I want our relationship to be unique, different than all nations of the world. There should be something special you should give us. You should directly lead the Jewish people, not through any angels. So similarly, God appears to Avram after circumcision only. And this revelation is a very lofty re- revelation. Why? Because what was the purpose of the revelation? To visit the one who was sick. In in the word sick, Choila, in Hebrew is numerically equivalent to forty-nine. That means Avram attained forty nine levels of understanding, Memta bina. And that's as much as a prophet is able to draw down with his own power. As the Talmud says, God gave the world, God created 50 gates of understanding. They all were given to Mashiach Abinu, except for one. And that's why it says when Mashiach Abinu passed away, he was buried on, on Mount Nevo. The word Nevo is, is made up of two parts, nun Boy. It has the Nun in it. When Mashiach's day of passing, he reached the 50th gate. So it says God created 50 gates of understanding. The 50th gate is not something that a human being could reach on his own. Rather, this is something which is related to the Creator. This is a, that's why it says that there are that Moshe is missing one. It's not something a human being could possibly reach on his own. You, you can't get it. So that's something that God gives. And that's the meaning of God appearing to Avraham to visit the one who was sick. That means that God's revelation healed Avram, healed his illness. It doesn't just mean he healed him physically. It means that Avram was also healed spiritually. That he was mis- that he got what he was missing. What was he missing before? He only had forty-nine gates of understanding, and now he was able to receive through circumcision to get the fiftieth gate. That means that Avram was now complete after his illness. Now he receives the 50th gate of understanding, so God didn't just heal him physically, God healed him spiritually and gave him whatever he was missing spiritually. He gave him the 50th gate of understanding. And this is something which is relevant to all of Avram's children. Avram bequeathed this to every single Jew because every Jew receives as an inheritance not only what Avram achieved by his own efforts, but also the gifts that God gave Avram beyond what Avram achieved through his own efforts, including this revelation of Ayyid al God's appearing to Avram after his circumcision, that's something that we all receive as well. calls That's only from the perspective of what our, what our soul has. Our soul, God's always appearing to our soul. Our soul's receiving something that, that uh, uh, just, just like the Rebbe um, HaShab asked, how come God doesn't appear to me? And the Tzimach told him that why Avram deserved it, that Hashem should appear to him. That whole discussion is only regarding our body, our physical experience. Regarding the Neshama, the Neshama does see the revelation of Hashem. So, but the body doesn't. But the body conceals and hides this revelation. And that's where the Haftor continues from the beginning of the Parsha. The, the, the continuation is the Parsha says his revelation. The Neshama experiences revelation. So, our question is, why didn't I see it? That's the Haftorah says. The woman, the one woman, the wife of the prophets, cries to Elisha. <speaking in Hebrew> even while the neshama is in the body, which conceals this light, <speaking in Hebrew> and the concealment is so great to the extent that she says, "Your servant, my husband, has died," which we said means that there's no fire anymore. There's no fire of good. There's no there's no yearning anymore. It's amazing. There's one woman who cries to Elisha and says, Your servant, my husband, has died. the Rebbe says, even after her husband has died, even after she lost her inspiration, Hashem is losing that, that yearning, she's still called by the terror the one woman. She's still called someone who is one with Hashem. Just because she lost that fire doesn't mean that, that she's not a, one with Hashem anymore. So she's still united with Hashem despite the fact that she lost the fight. She is still one with Hashem. And that's why she cares and it bothers her that she's in the dark. As the altar writes in the discourse the just like people enter his room and complain about the distance from Hashem, so too every night when Hashem ascends to Hashem, it cries about its, and bitterly about its distance from Hashem the man That indeed, it is a state of darkness. It is It is a state of night. Uh huh. Just like ever saying it. Just like at night time, the neshama calls out to Hashem. So too, why is it calling out to Hashem at night time? That represents how the neshama is crying to Hashem. Simple reason why the neshama cries to Hashem at night is because, and then we go to sleep and the neshama ascends to Hashem. But the deeper reason is because then Hashem is crying about the night. Hashem is crying about the darkness. Avafel became, but despite the fact that it's dark, she still cries. So although it's dark, and therefore you would think, why does she care? Like She she, she may have lost the interest in, in searching for Hashem. Like the Mithra gives a famous parable about the father who hides from the son, who wants to see if his son is intelligent, and describes two kinds of children. When the father hides from the from his children, one child looks for his father and can't find his father, and he cries and gives up. And he says, my father left. But the smart child says to the he realizes that if his father's hiding. A father never leaves a child. It must be that his father is around, and he continues to look for the, look for the father. So in a similar way, the there appears to the Neshama. But there's a darkness of the night, there's a darkness of the body, and we don't experience this. So therefore, we, a Neshama cries to Hashem and says, I can't stand this, I don't see you so this cry of the neshama itself the cry of the neshama itself i i i just want to point out something always i learned this discourse of the alt rebbe and i thought the main thrust of the point was the answer of elisha the fact that she cried didn't seem to be so relevant but the rebbe says no it's the in this discourse Rebbe says her cry is what causes the response of god you and your children will live with what was left over the cry is relevant. The fact that she's turning to God and saying, I can't stand the darkness, that's what causes the, the response. You and your children will live with what is left over, What which, as we explain, left over comes from the word noisar, which means leftover. also comes from the word advantage. And through the distance and through the darkness, the Neshama achieves a much greater light. As it says in the Zayar, that when we subdue evil, we cause the glory of Hashem to be revealed in the world in a greater way than had there not been any evil. So in a similar way, because there is such a feeling of distance and darkness, that causes a much greater light. There is a greater light, specifically when it comes to darkness. So too, Rebbe concludes, may God give us the merit to experience. So may be Hashem's well. Amen. So in short... What we did today is like this. the We learned the response of Alicia. Alicia responds to the woman and tells her what she needs to do. She needs to meditate about her emptiness. That's the meaning of the empty vessels in our life. Think about, the, about how empty we are. That emptiness, that distance, will bring us to feelings of yearning for Hashem. And that yearning will give us more light in our life had we not had the darkness in the first place. Then we explain the relationship between the Haftar and the Parasha in, in a new way. The simple transla- trans- relationship is because they both talk about a child being born and a child being... Uh, maintained, staying alive, but the deeper meaning of the relationship between the parsha and Avterah is that the, uh, the parsha talks about a unique revelation that God gives Avraham and that re- re- revelation is something that we all experience in our neshama, but it's not something something we experience consciously in our body, and that's why there's there are tears. That's why the neshama comes to Hashem and says, "I don't, I'm not in touch with my, my neshama in my experience. It's too deep." So the avish responds. The cry of the neshama itself elicits this, this response to Hashem of what we need to do and the blessing of Hashem that on the contrary, you feel you're in the dark, you're going to experience much greater light because of the darkness. And any, any questions or comments? Or maybe David wants to let us hear Kaddish in, in the valley. Yes? Questions, comments? As we see it normally doesn't uh, turn out this way. Two minutes to Kaddish right back. Okay, no problem. doesn't turn out this way. But but the Rebbe says that uh, Hashem, Hashem uh, responds to the Shem and tells the Shem that you just need to do this and it's going to work. No. I guess the first thing you is you have to realize that's why I, I think that's why they give a very long introduction. They give a very long introduction. You should know this is relevant. This is about you. This is the Torah. This is what it has to do with us. So this is, if you don't have this, it's not, you don't your Torah is incomplete. You don't have any part of Torah because if you don't have one part of Torah, the holders. That rabbi wants this. That rabbi a very in, long intro, I think, uh, because we need to know this means us. Actually, it's not the rabbi gave the intro. The rabbi is quoting Pillar who he has a discourse based upon the author's discourse, and he gives this long um, intro as well. So I think this—it may be the reason for the long intro—is—is is, is that we need to need to, uh, yeah, taka means me and you, and it's going to happen because darkness makes us think that it's not going to happen. No, you don't buy it. Let's try it out, Zev. Let's, let's was, yeah, I feel like you gotta you gotta try it out. But it's interesting. You you will put the you'll put the source or you already put the source in the in the WhatsApp chat. I didn't sure. put the source there. Uh, I'll send i the source to you, Mr. Shem. Alright, well, it's good to hear your voice. Good to see you, Mohammed. Okay. Awesome day, man. A Hasidic uh, injection in my uh, bloodstream, <laughs> so thank you. My, you got my, your little flask of water that you carry around with you since it's so damn hot there. Beep. I'm perpetually dehydrated. It's really intense, but it's actually getting uh, it's getting cooler right now. It's only like in the high 80s instead of the high 90s. So, okay. I think of one child that could go to the sea teens I'm telling you, you'll, you'll, you'll lift the guy up in a different way. One kid. Go for it. So is this a regular yeah. thing, or you were just copped away from... Uh so you're uh, saying, it flashed into my mind, and I said, I, I gotta try to get it right now. All right, That's throw it. I